0: Welcome to another episode of the power of the pause with Colleen Falta, energetic weight loss coach, energetic weight loss. We're talking about focusing on losing the weight in our energetic 5d body, the mental weight, the emotional weight that isn't a lot of times holding the physical weight on. And every time holding you back from living a life beyond your wildest dreams, right? Your dominant subconscious thoughts, when you need to lose that energetic weight, Are negative. They're low levels of consciousness. And we are drawing in through the law of vibration, law of attraction, law of assumption, negative things from our negative vibes. So we got to focus on slowing down and losing the mental emotional weight, the suppressed trauma, the drama, the lack to call into life beyond your wildest dreams that is available to all of us, right? Today, I'm going to chat about taking your power back from a narcissistic abusive relationship, right? October is Domestic Abuse Violence Month. And one in four women are victims of abuse, right? Abuse comes in many forms. It can be physical, it can be sexual, emotional, mental, verbal. And narcissistic abuse is definitely, definitely really tough for a lot of people. A lot of people are really struggling in narcissistic abusive relationships with the cognitive dissonance that it Creates in your brain, right? It's it's truly when you understand that, when you understand why it's so hard to leave a narcissistic relationship, because what it does to your brain, it gets a lot easier to remove yourself from it and to take your power back from your abuser, from the manipulation, the gaslighting, right? Cognitive dissonance occurs when a person's behavior and beliefs do not complement each other, or when they hold on to contradictory beliefs right? So a trauma bond, the last episode was all about trauma bonds. And, you know, in narcissistic abusive relationships, your abuser love bombs, you, you know, they have like a mask, right? They have a mask and they take it off. And your abuser tells you generally in the beginning, they love bomb you. They tell you everything you never heard, et cetera, et cetera. And then they take their mask off and they gaslight you and they manipulate you and they isolate you. They control you. Right. And you literally feel like a prisoner in your own life because you give your power to them because your inner child, right? Your wounded inner child just is starving for the love bombing in the beginning. What happened? What happened? And people start to internalize it and think that it's them rather than understanding that narcissistic abuse is literally a mental disorder. You are dealing with a mentally ill person. You are dealing with a sick person, right? But so many women out there and men, but right now I'm more speaking to the women from my experience, right? So many people out there are questioning themselves and questioning their reality. And you lose all trust in yourself, right? Because you've given your power to someone else. It's the cognitive dissonance that, that, really needs to be made aware of. Actually, a lot of my clients, it's it's so interesting when you really understand the laws of energy, laws of the universe, how you draw everything in. I work with a lot of women that are either in a narcissistic abusive relationship or have been in one and are still dealing with the trauma in their thought patterns, in their brain. And it takes time It takes time to rewire your thought patterns, feel safe again. It is work to truly heal from a narcissistic abusive relationship. And if you don't do that work and you just jump right back into another relationship, you are going to be calling that same relationship in through the laws of energy, right? Because you are literally looking for it. When you're trying to protect yourself from something, you're looking for it. Your dominant thought is what you don't want. So that's what you're calling into your life. So it is so important to really step back and understand that narcissistic abusive relationships are textbook. You know, my clients, I will tell them what's going to happen next. They're like, how'd you know? I'm like, it's textbook. They're all textbook. And so when you slow down and you look on the internet about narcissistic abusive relationships, you're able to unpack a lot of stuff and be like, wow, I'm not special. This person's not special. It's a textbook abusive relationship. And you're able to see the damage that it's causing to yourself, right? One minute you're being told you're the only girl in the world. You're the love of their life. They're, you know, all this, this stuff that your inner child always wanted to hear. And the next minute they're gaslighting you. They're having you question your reality. They're literally manipulating you, abusing you mentally, you know, calling you awful names at times, just disempowering your feelings. And your feelings are your feelings. If you feel upset, if you feel sad, you're allowed to feel that. But a narcissist gaslights you and disempowers you because they're telling you that you don't feel like that. You are allowed to feel any way you feel. No one can tell you how to feel. If someone is telling you, that your feelings are invalid, that is gaslighting. And that is a form of abuse, right? Accepting the truth will set you free. Doing your research. One of the biggest ways you can take power back from a narcissistic abusive relationship is really doing research and understanding that it is textbook. Understanding you are dealing with this sick person. Accepting they're not going to change. Because the part of your brain that's addicted to the love bombing is just so committed and so focused on the fact that it's going to change. It's going to go back to that. It's going to change and it's not going to change, baby. It is not going to change. You have to change. You have to take your power back. But like I tell my clients, if you're not going to take your power back and you're going to choose to stay in an abusive relationship, own it, do it empowered, own it, right? Own, like I am deciding to stay with a mentally ill person that is literally causing me mental, physical, emotional, spiritual abuse on a daily basis, that changes a lot. When you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm choosing to stay in an abusive relationship, a lot shifts mentally, subconsciously, right? And there's a lot of people out there maybe listening to this in an abusive relationship, working to get out of it. I know my abusive relationship, it took me over a year and a half to fully break free from it. Really, it is hard as my mom says i escaped i did you know it was a very very abusive relationship i believe i called the cops like 12 times got a restraining order still spoke to him still it, it was it was sick this was a sick person and he made me sick hurt people hurt people heal people heal people that's a rule for everyone right when it comes to my narcissistic abusive relationship we actually both met and we were married to other people and we had an affair and i believed everything. I believed everything he told me. And he lied to me from the get looking back. I'm like, wow, I had to do some deep, deep, deep forgiveness work to myself for the person that I allowed myself to become. And for a long time, I was so attached to the fact that my life was so good before I met him and he ruined my life. But the fact is, is that if my life was really that good and I was as air quote healed as I thought I was, I would have never let someone like him into my life right? I wasn't learning lessons. The universe needed me to learn. I wasn't learning lessons. And so I had to learn some lessons through a really hard way through a very abusive relationship with a very sick man. But I look back today and I'm grateful for all of it. I am. I am grateful for all of the pain, all of the trauma, all of the drama, because it allowed me to really reach my bottom in life. I was sober when I met my narcissist, um, dry, drunk, sober. I wasn't really sober. I talked about it in the trauma bond episode that was the last episode. Um, if you're not familiar with addiction and sobriety and being a dry drunk, you are not spiritually well at all. You're spiritually bankrupt. you're you're spiritually not not well at all. You're always looking for a fix for your void. You're always looking for the next thing. And, I met someone that was also in sobriety, but a dry drunk, married, unhappy. And we we both at that point in our lives wanted to blame everyone else. Neither of us wanted to take any ownership for our lives whatsoever. It was my husband. It was his wife. It was this. It was that, you know, as opposed to looking in the mirror. And we met and we truly felt that we had this, well, I, I can't speak for him, but the communication we had in my feelings were that we had this love that no one on the planet ever had. That's what narcissists do. You know what I mean? When in reality it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> but with that said, um, I left my husband, he left his wife. We had a relationship. We lived together and it was hell. It was hell. It was a very typical narcissistic abusive relationship um, isolation, control, jealousy, possessiveness, lies, manipulation, gaslighting, silent treatment. And the silent treatment part, people need to understand that a victim of narcissistic abuse, silent treatment, is very damaging because you're just in your head all day. What did I do? What did I do? What do I do? He would get mad at me for, gosh, like, exchanging my son and talking to my ex-husband for more than two minutes at the exchange. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't allowed to take my son to the pool. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I would be, you know, at the grocery store, at the checkout line, and he would call me and a man would be checking me out like a, like a teenager, right? And he would hear a man's voice and he would hang up. He would turn his phone off. I'd be calling him. He'd be so mad at me and I'd be spiraling out. And part of me knew like, Colleen, this is crazy. Colleen, like you're at the grocery store. This is like, you're checking out in a line, you know, but I became groomed for that. And so I would literally go to a line that was double longer with a female instead of a male, just in case he called and hurt a man. Right. Like it, it, it's, it's so crazy how we internalize it. And it really messes with our self-worth. Right. Um, mine included stalking, included harassment, blackmail, mental abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and PTSD. I was actually diagnosed with PTSD when I went to rehab. Um, like I said, I was sober before I met my narcissist and I relapsed after I got breast implants. Um, this man encouraged me very much to get breast implants. He actually told me that he would marry me if I got them. And I was so lacking self-love at the time that I was like, what? Oh my goodness. And it was literally April, 2020, like COVID was like at its height, right? And we were both sitting here calling plastic surgeons and they were like, do you know what's going on? And I was like, yes, I do. But someone tells me they'll love me the rest of my life. I got breast implants. And so I got breast implants um, and I got an infection and I didn't realize at the time that someone in recovery from alcohol, you have alcohol receptor sites. And as I said earlier, I was a dry drunk. Like I I was in recovery from alcohol, but I wasn't really sober. You know, the calling today would never, never cheat on someone, would never have an affair, would never tolerate a man with any other woman in his life at all, would never, you know, allow a man that's so sick into her life. The calling today is not the calling from them. And like I said, You know, I'm grateful for all of it because it got me to where I am today and life is beyond my wildest dreams today. But regardless, at the time I did get implants and I was alcohol-free for about a year and change at that time. And I took the Valium and the Percocet as prescribed and I relapsed within two weeks. um, We got in a fight and he was screaming at me and I picked up, I picked up a drink and that became my painkiller throughout this relationship, Right. Um, alcohol truly became my painkiller. And so when I went to rehab to get help for my drinking, that got completely out of control with this relationship. I was drinking 24/7 just to, just to get through life. I didn't, I didn't want to live at one point. I literally, I literally wanted to die. I was like, I can't escape the sky. I had my locks changed five times to try and escape this, this very manipulative, very abusive man. I had my locks changed five times. My apartment complex was like, Colleen, like, we can't keep doing this. Like, you you need like, if you're gonna be having this abusive man around, it's not safe. You're gonna have to get out of here, right? Um and I relapsed and really hard, (laughs) really, really hard. And part of I wanted to blame him though. I wanted to blame him because at one point he actually had a recording device in my apartment and he would repeat to me conversations that were said when he wasn't here. Isolation was huge. I wasn't allowed to have people over. I wasn't allowed to talk to people. And he would repeat to me things that were said. He would know people were here. And I'm like, how do you know this? My therapist at the time was like, Colleen, like he has to have something inside your house. First, he told me he was recording me from the TV. Then he said he was recording me from the Alexa. Who knows what reality was? I rewired everything that that had to stop. And I thought I was going crazy. He was like, we're soul connected. We're, we're soulmates. We're twin flames. And that's how I know everything that I know. No, you're actually recording me. Right. Um, and so at one point I, the last time that I changed my locks, I kicked him out and his divorce wasn't final. My divorce was final. And he moved back in with his ex-wife at the time. Right. Um, or I guess, separated wife, whatever you want to call it, who, who cares? Right. Um, and he lied to me for about a year and told me, and he would literally, we still, I would the the addiction of that relationship was so real. The addiction of that relationship was just so strong that I still continue to see him. Um and he told me that him and her weren't together at all. Stupidly I believed him. You know, I was I really betrayed myself. I My intuition knew, but he would literally send me pictures of himself sleeping in the in a guest bedroom, I guess, in the middle of the night. Turns out he was like waking up in the middle of the night to pee or whatever and running into a guest bedroom and taking pictures of himself and sending it to me like a true sociopath, right? Um, he would send me screenshots of them fighting, of her saying how anxious she is with him. And he painted this picture that him and her we're just trying to figure out the divorce. Um, he relapsed on stuff too. And I got to get my stuff together. I can't move out yet. I'm moving out next month. I'm moving out next month. I'm moving out next month. We're not together. We're not together. When in reality, he was to get together the whole time. Right. And he, then, since he was, you know, with two women at once, that's gotta be stressful. That's crazy. Right. Um, he would accuse me of the craziest stuff. And he was always accusing me of stuff. And I was constantly defending myself and it was just crazy. Right. And so you have to realize accusations from a narcissist are truly confessions. He was seeing another woman too. Um, he, he's a very sick man and he would prey on like girls that worked at Starbucks and like baristas, like young baristas, that were like half his age, he would be like texting them, flirting with them because narcissists need supply. You are nothing but supply for their ego, right? You are nothing but supply for narcissists ego. And so he's seeing multiple women talking to multiple women doing God knows what, right? Probably like 10, like really, really come on. Um, And he made me take a lie detector test, right? And he controlled me and he'd manipulate me and he blackmail me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you know, ruin your life. I'm going to, I had a brick and mortar gym. I'm going to put reviews. I'm going to tell all your members all this stuff. And that's one of the reasons I came out as someone in addiction recovery, because he kept threatening to tell everyone I went to rehab. I'm going to tell everyone I went to rehab. And I'm like, fuck you. I'll tell everyone I went to rehab. Um, And it's funny how that all worked out because, you know, no one can hurt you with your own truth. And so the fact that I told everyone I went to rehab, that really shifted my business and it showed people how far you can come and it catapulted my business. And so it all worked out in the end. But when you're with a narcissist, chaos becomes comfort, right? And you feel like you're going to be at a loss when you leave the relationship, but you have to realize the biggest loss in your life is losing yourself. The biggest loss in your life is losing your power and giving your power to someone else, you know, manipulation, lies, trauma bonds, like this is not healthy. And the damage it does to your brain can take years to get out of if possible at all. You know, it is truly, truly unbelievable the pain one person can cause. But you got to take your power back. you got to take ownership. you got to stop the victim mentality. If you're going to take your power back from a narcissistic abusive relationship, and I'm telling you firsthand, you can do it. If I can get out of my narcissistic abusive relationship, you can get out of your narcissistic abusive relationship. If I can end the cycles, you can end the cycles. Again, it took me a year, a year and a half to get this, this, this sick, sick person out of my life. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. That was my true addiction because my brain was wired to the oxytocin, dopamine, cortisol, oxytocin, dopamine, cortisol, duh, duh, back forth, right? All these bread like the bread of one day, one day, one day, you know? Um, and it, it, If it is ruining your life, even if your life is good and you're with a narcissist, I mean, if you're, if you're with a narcissist, um, you know, life, life really is not good. When you leave your life is going to get so much better than you thought it could ever be, but you have to take your power back. You have to stop questioning your reality. You have to start questioning your judgment. You have to realize what this relationship is doing to you mentally. You have to realize the emotional weight that it is putting on you questioning everything you're doing having to look over your shoulder having to you know go against your intuition that voice in your head the more you ignore it the quieter it gets you have to start honoring that little voice in your head and in the beginning of the relationship with the red flags that voice was a little louder right let's be real in the beginning of the relationship that voice was louder than it is now if you've been with a narcissist for a little while right but that voice is still there. You have to reconnect with your intuition. You have to reconnect with your self-worth. You have to really step back and give yourself compassion, release the shame. You know, I do daily forgiveness work. Something my all of my clients do every day is every day we journal what we love about ourselves, what we're proud about ourselves, what we forgive ourselves for, what we commit to ourselves. And I forgive myself on a daily basis for that relationship, for letting that relationship take over my life for going as low as I did when I knew I needed to get out. When so many people tried to save me, so many people in my life tried to help me and I was drowning hard and I was so addicted to the trauma bond, the abuse cycles, right? I was just so starving for that dopamine that I stayed and I betrayed myself. And you know you have to look back and take your power back. You're not shaming yourself, and carrying that shame as you pull in the ne- that into the next relationship. You know, I had to really spend a while to really learn to trust myself first and foremost before I could date again, and before I could feel safe dating, before I didn't look for red flags and everything and everyone around me. Right? That that's what it does to you. And for a long hope, for a long time, you lose hope. You know, a lot of people out there in narcissistic abusive relationships lose hope. I mean, thank God I didn't have kids with this man. But if you have kids with a narcissist, that's tough, but you have to go cold Turkey as much as you can. You have to limit phone contact. You have to graystone them, you know, ignore them as much as you can only text communication, only written communication, document everything do what you have to do because you are saving your life. Narcissistic abusive relationship will ruin your entire life. It will, it will ruin your entire life. And it is not normal and people do not change. Your abuser is not gonna change, right? It is not normal. Stop making excuses for people in your life. Stop looking at the beginning and wanting that. You have to raise your standards And you have to raise your boundaries and you need to get support you really need to step out and see on a deeper level what this is doing to your life how much you're leaking your energy how it is literally ruining your life because i don't know you i don't know your circumstances but being in a narcissistic abusive relationship is ruining your life right you have to take your power back you have to hold to stories like this of mine, of other women's that have gotten out of it and are on the other side and have a life beyond their wildest dreams. You have to hold on to this inspiration and take power from it, right? And and envision that. You have to. You have to let it hurt. You have to let it heal. And you have to let it go. You have to let go of the promises in the beginning. You have to let go of what you thought it was gonna be. You really, really have to let go of the breadcrumbs of the one days and start living in today and get real with yourself on the relationship that you're in and what it is doing to you because it's leaking energy and it affects how you show up in every facet of your life if you're a mother with your children with your coworkers, with your friends it affects everything and so the best thing you can do is take your power back educate yourself on narcissistic abuse awareness start to follow people, start to see the trends, see that your relationship is not special. See that you are being lied to, see that the gaslighting, the silent treatment, all of it. See what how much it's damaging you and learn to give yourself compassion for the past. Learn to let it go and get that self-love and get that self-worth back up. Take time to heal and you will find a man that treats you the way you deserve to be treated. You are worth it, Right. If you need any help, feel free to reach out to me on any of my social platforms. I'm at Colleen Falto on Instagram, Colleen Falto on Facebook, sending so much love. And you have this, you have this. It is time to take your power back. If you listen to this, it is a sign for you to raise consciousness, take your power back and end abuse cycles. All right. So the one in four women dealing with this, sending so much love, sending so much love to everyone. And yeah, one day at a time, one decision at a time, taking your power back through self-compassion, self-love, self-worth, baby, you got this.